We have an audience. This is amazing. This is fantastic. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jew and Gentile podcast. I am your host, Chris Katolka, and with me is none other than the Jewish sage himself, I'm Mr. Steve Herzig. Hello, Steve. But with us is our audience. Unbelievable. This is fantastic. We've long we've wanted an audience for a long time. We got one. We got some special guests. Hey, Steve, we're not in the podcast studio. We are actually in Winona Lake, Indiana, during our prophecy conference, doing the Seven Feasts of Israel, the home of Billy Sunday. I don't know if anybody knows Billy Sunday. Uh, do we do we know Billy Sunday here? Okay, well, we got do some, know we got Billy some Billy. Sunday. That's right, there exactly. A Hold former up. baseball player. That's right. Hold on. Here we go. Welcome in, welcome in. Everybody, thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. We can't, we can't do it without you. We love our listeners. We love the people who want to be a part of what Friends of Israel is doing. And one of those is the Jew and Gentile podcast. Steve, what do our listeners, both live and listening online, what, are they, what can they expect today? Today, it's, they're going to hear about the seven feasts of Israel. That's right. People, the seven feasts of Israel. It, you can, it, give us a hand. There you go. That means, we need all the help we can get. <laughs> we need all the help we can get. We're going through that book. We already did it once, Chris, but we don't do it right. That's right. So we got help here. We're doing it again. The book of Leviticus, the book where your pages are still stuck together. That's right. <laughs> hey, look, we got a chuckle. That's right. It works. Our jokes work. Okay, great. What's what's your joke that we have, what, three listeners out there? Is that we, what it is? We have six listeners and three of them wrote to us. That's, <laughs> that's right. And they were complaints. <laughs> Is anything okay? Is anything okay? That's right. Well, uh, for to get us started, actually, because we've got to move this program along. We got a lot packed into our this first time. guest. Told us I got a small window. I got to get out. We got to get out of he here. Right want to hear the rest of it. <laughs> he right, just no. wants to be the guest and I, get I, out. I've got a bigger name to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Hundred percent. You have dinner with Jim Showers. Everybody. I do. So, I, yeah. I get to pay. That, that, oh, oh very nice. <laughs> he invited me to come and buy him dinner. And I said, I, yes. Make sure you t- you come. Compliment Jim by getting a free say, boy, you got a free dinner from the pastor. It's supposed to be the other way. <laughs> That's great. Pastor Brian Black, great to see you. Black, great to see you, my friend. Yes. We just spent some time together, actually, in Redding, California. We did. It was a wonderful uh, prophecy update. And then you stayed over on Sunday and gave a powerful message. And uh, I'm so thankful for your wife, Karen, and the kids letting you come and stay the extra days. It was a blessing. That's right. My, the, pastor Blank is the only one who actually ever sent... Uh, flowers to my wife to say thank you for sending. I had to go all the way across the country, and he said, and she called me, she goes, I got flowers. Do you know this? You've been doing this for years. I've never gotten flowers before, so you... Oh, let's oh, let's say See? to Chris, poor baby Chris. I'm sure it was my <laughs> wife's idea, but I'll take the credit. <laughs> thank you very much. Well, it's good It's good to see you. Tell us, what you know, you've come all the way from Redding, California to Winona Lake for the uh, National Prophecy Conference. Yes. Why do you, why, you know, as a pastor, why do you do that? You bring people with you from your congregation. Why is it important for you it, to do it that? It really is, uh, not just to read the magazine, but to actually hear, like Dan sharing today and the others that contribute to the magazine, and just to hear what God's doing, uh, especially like tomorrow night, the final evening when we have a guest that we get to pray for. Hopefully, uh, some of those special guests will come to know the Lord Jesus as the Christ mm. and as their Messiah. Uh, but it's really special. And Part of the reason I come to this particular one, uh, I kind of nostalgia for me, in that uh, my dad started with Youth for Christ back in the 50s. And uh, I remember as a child him talking about my mom coming here. He was executive director. And then my wife's sister married one of the Spurlows. Some of you remember the singing Spurlows. Uh, that really ages you. And, uh, <laughs> but uh, So I've heard about this place forever, and then to come as an adult, and then to go home and tell my mom, um, the tabernacle's gone, but they've got a nice brick building there now and all that. So it's more than just coming to the conference. It's special for me just to drive around, but really the blessing. I think the first one, I think, well, if you go through the book of Daniel, Oh, that was yeah. Exciting. That was a few years ago. Yeah. And then the, the All of a Discourse was terrific. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was sad. Man, the, the fact that years. you can remember that, that's, know, that's really good. It, Most people I looked at the notes before they don't I walked rem- in. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, but it's just such a blessing and refreshing. And um, as a pastor to come, it's not a pastor's conference. We can just come and be here together and grow in the Lord and to share our love for Israel and uh, the people that. Uh, that God has blessed us with. Can I, uh, this is a really important thing, too, because um, you're a pastor, and I know that deep down you lead your own trips to Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us, why is Israel important to you as a pastor? 
Well, first off, it's the promise of the blessing. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that in a way that I'm trying to be selfish, but God said he blesses. And it was interesting, uh, years ago when the country was kind of going through the financial problems and our church was, we didn't really have that happening. And uh, one of our folks said, do you think the reason that we're doing okay financially is because of our commitment to Israel? I said, I can't say that for sure, but I know God's word's faithful. And we don't do that for that reason, but he just sustains us. Even through COVID and all these things, he is faithful. And we just love the people. We love the land. Um, And I I love taking pastors there. I have a blessed time. Every two years, I do just a pastor's only. It's not a a fam tour. It's a study tour where we're uh, actually a seminar. And so this next January, we'll be taking about 18 pastors, and we're going to do all the parables of Jesus, but walking where Jesus walked. That's amazing. uh, Years ago, we did David's life. So we'd hike him into the cave of Adelon and go spend the night with the Bedouins and uh, just really let pastors walk the land. Pastor, uh, Genesis 12, you really mentioned it without actually giving the verse, I'll bless those who bless thee and curse him who curseth thee. And that's a verse that's pretty important. I know to our audience, I know it is to friends of Israel. So that's a great testimony. Yeah. And and saying thank you for you guys coming out to California to be a part of of our ministry and to our community because the West Coast doesn't get the blessing you guys get. Um, but it's a dry heat. I will say that. <laughs> and that wet stuff today, I don't know what that was this morning. But yeah, what was oh, that? That must have been surprising was, to you. We huh? thought it was Noah's Ark. Noah's, we <laughs> needed to build an ark again. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you're here. I know that you have a lot going on this evening. But for you to be able to take time and to come to be a part of our conference as a pastor, that's really important. And maybe you could you just for a moment speak to maybe a pastor that's listening about the value of the conference, uh, if they're listening right now, and maybe Absolutely. coming. Absolutely. If there's any way that any pastors are listening that can make their way, as people here know, it's really worth the, the, the days to come and to sit and to be blessed. Uh, and there's just such a rich heritage. And for a pastor, maybe he's considered uh, going to Israel. It's it's life-changing. Mm-hmm. How many of you have been to Israel? Yeah, oh, yeah, a lot of life. them. Look at those hands, yeah. It's like we always say, it's going from reading the Bible in black and white to HDTV when you, when you come back and just understanding. Uh, the hard part now for me, I, I think I've been like almost 30 times, is when I hear a pastor teaching who's never been there. And it, it, it's just it's a little sad sometimes. Like, no, that's not really what happened. Um, yeah. But I don't mean to be critical. I'm just saying, just change your life. It's, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, he needs to go. They need to go and go with one of the Friends of Israel tours. It's a great way just to go and be a guest first time. And, Brian, you need to go. It's almost 22, and if you keep Jim Showers waiting... That's not good. No, he'll no, shut this he'll podcast order, order down. Like steak and we, we, I get there. <laughs> we love you here, but when you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> thank you, thank That's great, you. Pastor Brian. Great to see you. Thank hey, you. Thanks for sending the limo to pick me up. Yeah, no problem. No problem. We're doing really well at the Jew and Gentile podcast. So. Bless you guys. Yeah, thanks, Pastor Take Brian. Robin. All right, so uh, we're, again, we have a, another great guest. We have uh, Robbie. Oh, Robbie, come on over. Oh, this is great. Give it up for Robbie. We're jumping from guest to guest here. Robbie, you don't know it, but I stole, I actually stole some of your stuff. Oh, no. I didn't pay for it. So, but we are going to give you free publicity, so maybe I won't have to pay. We'll have to discuss it. Special deal for you. In fact, Robbie, in, in, in fact, Robbie, Bamba. Bamba is a phenomenon in Israel. In Israel At, yeah. Can you talk to our audience about oh, that? Sure. You've been selling this stuff, Bamba. My wife just discovered it. She bought. 15 bags of this stuff. God bless her. <laughs> so, yeah, so Bamba is a... Um, it's one of the uh, most popular snacks in Israel. What since, is it? Since a kid, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a corn with peanut butter, basically, together. It's like and Cheetos with, with peanut butter, though. Yeah. You know? And ground peanuts, corn grits, sunflower oil, and salt. I can't hurt you. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And by the way, they say that the kids in Israel don't suffer too much of the peanut allergies because of the bamba. Because oh, because they eat it all them, the time. They're getting them from early ages. So well, in the womb, their mothers are eating <laughs> bamba. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> well, first of all, before we keep going, uh, Robbie Lasman is uh, from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. He is uh, the owner of GTI, GIT. Uh, GIT I'm sorry, GIT, um, which uh, which distributes Israeli goods. Brings in, yeah, brings in imported. Israeli goods, imports it. So you're an importer then. That's importer a, and distributor. Okay, yeah. that's great. Of, of Israeli goods in right. the in the Philadelphia region right. and the South Jersey region. Still, yeah. And so, uh, what's that like? I mean, you're an Israeli, uh, born and raised. We hear the we hear the accent. Um, what's it like distributing your goods, uh, Israeli goods, in the United yeah, States? It's um, it's a challenge right now because of all the supply issues and, and importation problems that everybody faces. But other than that, it's a it's a, it's a great privilege because we are able to promote Israeli products. Uh, small businesses, uh, you know, help them uh, by bringing their products to the United States. That was the whole idea of opening the the business, and um, it's been it's been a blessing to a lot of the companies in Israel that you know we have another channel of bringing the products in. Yeah, for di- uh, for distribution. Do you notice uh, Israeli goods are becoming more and more popular? Is that something that you're yeah, seeing? I think the biggest one, and I think everybody knows the hummus. Of course, it's, a, it's becoming like a main, uh, almost like hamburger. Uh, I wouldn't <laughs> say that, but um, uh, you know, so it's what some of these um, foods that used to be ethnic, obviously before now it's becoming mainstream, like tahini paste, and yes. olive oil. Everybody knows that, of course. But the Israeli uh, food industry is great. I mean, everybody who visited Israel knows how good the food in Israel is. Yes. <laughs> So bringing the taste of Israel here, it's it's great. Robbie, tell us a little bit about your kids. They, they were, they all three of them born here, or two of the three? three two of them uh, born in Israel, and the our oldest was all born th- in, in the United all States. All three girls. Yeah. But what happened? All to three girls. You, you flew right over that. All three girls. <laughs> all, yeah. All three girls. All, girls. Girls. Yeah. yeah. Only girls. All You're three. the only man in the family. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. That's what I'm getting. That's at. right. I did fly through that. <laughs> Mainly because I have two girls, and I don't know how you do three girls. <laughs> he that's has no whole, gray in his hair, too. That's a whole too. different yeah. subject. Uh, <laughs> but, but interesting, your daughter's raised mostly here, if not exclusively here. Yes. And something unique happened one by one. Tell mm-hmm. us about that. Yeah, they all eventually wanted to experience the uh, service in the military in Israel. So my oldest, Lee, went to um, uh, service in the uh, IDF. So she left the United States. Cherry Hill is a very nice community in New Jersey, uh, very nice place. And she's saying, you know what? I want to go into the Army, the idea. Amazing. Yes, it was. And, And we're very proud about it. And then, obviously, the other sisters wanted to follow suit. So then we had Shiri, the middle one, going in the army, and then now the little one, the youngest, Noah, is serving in the army. Uh, she started a few months ago. And what are they the doing there? And they all wanted to be uh, fitness trainers. So they're all fitness trainers. It doesn't show on the father there. <laughs> but um, they're all <laughs> they're doing really great, and they're happy in the army, and they love it. Tell us about the IDF. We think of, I think of, women are mm-hmm. telling men what to do, especially a fitness trainer. But they're pretty tough, <laughs> they aren't they? are, yeah. <laughs> and when they come back, they start putting me into <laughs> training. And it's, it's great, actually. It's really good. <laughs> that is good. Yeah, one time uh, we did a tour of a base for in, in the IDF that they were training snipers. It was yeah. a sniper training. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the, the, the person leading the tour brought us through, and all these guys are on the ground, and they're shooting the guns, and... And the, the tour guy goes, do you notice anything about all the packs of people who are shooting, all the guys shooting? And I said, I, I don't know. They all look like guys shooting. He goes, look who's training them. And I look and I just see it's all women that are training them. And he goes, they only choose women to train because men listen to women better than they listen to. They go, oh, she's pretty. I like her. So I'm going to listen to her. You they know? focus. Yeah, they, they focus, focus much better. So I thought that's very yeah. interesting how they think over there in the Israeli army. Right. You know, And I'm very disciplined because I have four, four women in the house. I'm very disciplined. <laughs> so. Hey, uh, you've been coming to the Prophecy Conferences for a very long time, yeah. uh, you and your wife, Zippy. So mm-hmm. talk about that. What was it like coming yeah. for the first time? Oh, wow. This was an amazing experience for us. Uh, 
the amount of love and support we get from everybody was amazing and uh, we never want to um miss any event any anymore so anytime we come and this this year especially is is very exciting after the covid that we didn't connect again for three years yes so for us it's great and and we love to come and and feel the love and the support to israel it's great that's great can people get mm. to your website robbie yes, can they, if yes. they let's say they, they're here and mm-hmm. you know maybe somebody's buying stuff here because we have a great live audience and yes, they're supporting do. you yes. um here uh but what happens if somebody's listening online and they want to be able to connect with you online yes, so we have uh we ship all over the u.s and we got we get really a lot of responses And our website is uh, www.gitfood.com. G-I-T-Food.com. So anybody who wants to log in. Say it once more. It's, again, www.gitfood.com. And I think we have special code for Friends of Israel. So oh, good. Here we go. Oh, we're talking Getting fancy. Getting fancy. Everybody wants to order online. You guys get special 10% off on all the prices that we have. Okay, great. That's great. Wait, do we know what the code is? It's 10 off. Um, it's 10 off 75. Okay. That's the code. Okay, 10 off so you, 75. Remember the code, peep. That's right, 10 <laughs> off 75. That'll let you know you came from the Friends of Israel. And that's where you can get your... Bomba. 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 That's right. And all the other goodies. Hey, Robbie, why don't you open up a few and maybe we can pass them around. Yes, that's sure. right. Everyone can try some. Taste them. There you go. Robbie, thank you so much for being uh, on the podcast. This is great. great. Thank you for the support, everybody. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wow, Steve, busy this, show. Busy, is, busy. We, and we got another guest lined up. I know, up. I know. They're lining up for doing the Gentile podcast. <laughs> Usually they go the other way. That's right. Now they're here. We've trapped them, actually. That's we, what we, it is. We've trapped them. All right. So, Steve, uh, we're, we're going to continue with our show here. Let's start talking about the seven feasts. You know, a, a question that I often get from people as we travel around, as we speak is, you know, it's in the Bible to honor and celebrate the seven feasts. Leviticus chapter 23. There is no, you know, man mandate to celebrate Easter. There is no mandate to celebrate uh, Christmas. But what about, uh, the, the, is it a mandate to celebrate the Feast of Israel for a Christian? It's not a mandate for a Christian. Uh, Leviticus, 17, uh, Leviticus 23 was given to the Jewish people. Moses gave it to them, God's chosen people. And when you read forward into the New Testament, you find that the law was our schoolmaster. Uh, I've, I've told many people, we read the Bible progressively. We start in the book of Genesis, and we move our way forward. God chose one people, the Jewish people. There were exceptions to that. People who uh, saw uh, what Rahab saw it, uh, Ruth saw it, uh, and then come into our people. But generally, it, in fact, we have one of the guests who can probably talk about that. Yeah. His name is Dan Price. Dan Price, come on down. Dan just spoke about the church That's from right. the... Dan just suit up, Dan. Suit up. There's That's right. your you, Chris. You and I did. Uh, I did Passover. You did unleavened bread. That kind of goes boom, boom. I mean, it's Passover and then boom. It's feast of unleavened bread for seven days. Steve, I have to tell you, I've spoken at this conference a lot, and I have never gotten more people that came up to me after my message this time and said, "I'd really like you to send me your." joke that you did in the beginning of your message <laughs> the pillsbury uh, doughboy joke uh i have the eulogy of the pillsbury doughboy that's right that was for fantastic. the for the feast of unleavened bread so anyway it was a it was a funny funny uh, uh joke but i love it everyone's like i really like for you to send me that joke if you don't mind uh but uh dan great to have you here i'm so thank glad you. that you could be uh, a part of the podcast thank you yeah i'm very excited to be able to be here with you guys so we have three of the speakers here and we're doing the Feast of Israel. Uh, and Dan, you have uh, Shavuot. Is that yes. right? Shavuot. He had Shavuot. He had it. He had already it. spoke about it. It's past tense. That's right. <laughs> Done it, and gone. That's right. So let, let's, let's uh, you know, this is important because I think a lot of people here are probably Gentile. We're all a part of the, the church. Uh, why is that feast so important, especially as we're talking about the Feast of Israel and the relationship that we, as, as Christians, that we have to the seven feasts as well? Sure, sure, yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's it's obviously important to us because, it's, number one, it's in the Bible, right? We want to understand what God has to say. And and it it's, for me, I, what I like most about studying the feasts, and 
many things in the Old Testament is, is how it communicates to us about God, like what it teaches us about him, about his faithfulness, about his relationship. When God forges a relationship with a people, it's going to look like this, you know? And, and those things are the same, same true in the Old Testament as, as it is in the New Testament. God's faithfulness doesn't change, but he reveals it to us all throughout time in these different ways. And I think it's incredible to be able to look at the feasts like, like Shavuot and be able to see how, how God has revealed this truth about himself, that he provides, that he's faithful, that he's, you can be counted on and trusted even in the waiting moments mm. between his provisions. Like, and, and that's the way he revealed it in the Old Testament and in the Hebrew Scriptures. And, and he reveals it to us other ways in the New Testament now as we're still in this season of waiting, right? Um, and, and I just love the fact that God kind of puts his people, whether it's, it's the, the Jewish people in the Hebrew scriptures or us in the New Testament, he puts us kind of in the same place a little bit emotionally where, where we're completely dependent on him. It's, it's cool how he shepherds our hearts towards him in that P- same poor way. Poor Dan. Dan, you yeah. just wind him up. We asked him, we asked <laughs> him one question. Yeah. I don't even think he took a breath. <laughs> Well, you know, too. No passion, Dan. No passion. <laughs> the funny thing, of, the, the thing to know about Dan, too, is that he is a pastor as well. He's got a I, pastor's heart. I was. So, I was a pastor for many years. Yeah. Pastor for many years. So you give him a pulpit and he's going to start preaching. Right? Unbelievable. <laughs> 20 years you pastored before you came to Friends pretty, pretty of Israel. Pretty close to 20 you don't, years. Yeah. You don't look that old. How well, could you have you 20 know, years experience? The gray is coming. All it's, right. It, it's All getting right. there. You know, four kids will do that to you. So, but yeah, uh, okay. I, I pastored for many years and. Northeast Philly and in Ohio and, and Scranton, uh, back with uh, back with Dr. Michael. Oh, we got someone from Scranton here. Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. So um, I praise God for the the tour of ministry that He's kind of taken us on. Our family. What What's incredible. your next feast that you do? You are so you did Pentecost for us. Yes. Shavuot. Yep. What's the next one you do, and when is it? I do Sukkot, and it's tomorrow morning. The first session tomorrow morning. Okay. So, okay. Tabernacles. Great. Yep. You know, so for the, between the three of us, I would say if we look at the um, Feast of Israel as a calendar for biblical prophecy, too, because there yeah. is that component to sure. it as well. Yeah. There's the component of the spring feasts that kind of, uh, they were prophetic in that they were looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. But mm. then there's also the fall feasts, which have a, a deeper prophetic element, a further prophetic element. So between the three of us, Passover, Unleavened Bread, and Shavuot, we're looking at the, the, the feasts uh, in the spring. Yeah. And so that is something that is connected to Jesus Christ and his coming and the birth of the church. You know, do you see that as well in the calendar as looking out at both prophecy that has already been fulfilled and prophecy that will be fulfilled? I look at the seven feasts as a story that God gave prophetically of how God redeemed the Jewish people to the last feast when there's going to be fellowship with them, redemption uh, realized. And it tells that story. And so and as part of the church, I might be Jewish, but as part of the church— I'm now looking at this story in, with eyes that can see, and it gives me mm. even more of a burden for the Jewish people that they would see what we see. Yeah, absolutely. How about you, Dan? Do you see that as well? Yeah, I definitely do. I, I think that um, seeing the feast as as God laid out his, his plan for kind of making the Jewish people his, you know, like it's this rhythmic thing that he does. Uh, to remind them who they are and why they're there and what they're supposed to be doing. And, and, and it's like a cyclical thing. Um, and, and God does the same thing with us. He's given us communion. He's given us, you know, our celebrations on Sunday mornings. He's given us baptism. He gives us these rhythms uh, to remind us of who we are and yep. what, he's, what he's doing. And that, that is actually the title of the, of the conference yeah. as well, which is yeah. Rhythms of Redemption, which I love. I, I remember when I first heard that, I said, who came up with that? And They're brilliant. I, I know, it was amazing. And it was Jim <laughs> Showers. Come, it was Jim yeah, Showers. I believe it was Jim that came up with Rhythms of Redemption. I always get my, like, Kenny G in the background playing <laughs> his saxophone with Rhythms of Redemption, you know? It's more percussion. It's, than yeah, oh, you think it's percussion? Okay. <laughs> but it, it's just, I think it really defines well what God is doing through the Israel's calendar, because sometimes sure. we forget this was a calendar that God was laying out for them throughout the year to constantly remind them of who he was and what he was going to do as well. It's an amazing thing. I'm really glad um, that our folks here who are our live audience uh, get to see uh, what we're what the calendar is all about. And you know, a question that arises 
uh, and we initially started it, we brought Dan up, Christians come up to me all the time, do I have to celebrate or should I celebrate uh, the, the feast? Yeah. They're given yeah. to Israel, but I like them. I've done Passovers, and I don't know if I should, and there's people in the church that said, no, that's for the Jewish people only, and how do we respond? I know how I respond, but how would you respond? Well, you know, I always tell people, you can honor them. They're fantastic to honor. I love doing Passover. I've, I've been doing Passovers for a long time um, in churches all over the country. I love to. It's a great reminder. How, how many yeah. of you have had a, a Seder demonstration, a Passover in your church? Look at those That's hands. great. All There's right. a lot That's of them. fantastic. How many yeah. of you thought it was beneficial? Helpful to you. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Uh, yeah. you, you can give some sound to it. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I always think it's very beneficial. All of them uh, apply to us in many ways. And so, but it's our liberty in Christ that gives us the freedom yeah. to say, you know, what we will celebrate and what we won't celebrate according Absolutely. to the feast. So yeah. it's not, I mean, it's not a requirement, right? We, we are saved by grace through faith alone. Amen. 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 That's right. You know, these things don't save us or necessarily make us any more, you know, hyper spiritual or anything like that. It doesn't add anything. But I believe personally, I love the idea that, that God allows us these opportunities and we can use some of these things for ourselves to, to get glimpses of God that we might not otherwise see in the way that, that we uh, live life, you know? Like, for example, um, it was only a few years back now. I've got young kids. I've got a 12-year-old through a 4-year-old, four kids. Um, and Dan so, and I actually sympathize with one another a lot because we have four kids the same age. Yes. So yes. we come in and sometimes we just give each other a glance at the office, like you uh, ready to go back. Wait, to bed? you come into Oy the office. Ball. You come <laughs> into right. the office to get away. That's, that's right. Don't tell my wife that. That's not true. No, we're working. Not true. We're working real hard. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, uh, with with our kids, we we started doing a Passover seder a few years back now, and you know, uh, just as a family, just to kind of to to see Christ in all of what happened in the Passover Seder and kind of point them towards Jesus in, in all these different ways, you know, because my job as a parent is to kind of shepherd my kid's heart towards God, help them to see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ from 2 Corinthians 4. You know, that's, that's my job as a parent, right? So, um, so we started doing this Passover Seder, and, and you know, it's it, the first time that we did it, I remember my kids' faces the whole time. They're just, they're like, why are we doing this? What is this for? That's weird. Why do I have to wash my hands at the table? Why? And then, and then they well, take Well, at least a, they wash them. They take a, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then start flinging it at each other, right? That's right. They're horrible, wonderful messes, um, and 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 like then they take a bite of the carpas and the salt water, you know, and and it's just they they're like ah that's disgusting, and I'm like yeah, you know, isn't it awful being under the bondage of slavery to <laughs> sin, and you know, you make all these cool connections and metaphors that you wouldn't otherwise get to have, and now for for our family, it's turned into this type of thing where where it's this. Great, great reminder every year of, of how God redeems his people. Mm. And, and the symbolism and the metaphor that God works into these types of things, I think, are a universal way of communicating truth about God that, no, we're not required to. No, it doesn't necessarily do anything spectacular to you, but it's an opportunity yeah. to take advantage and, and worship God in a way that maybe you wouldn't know before. So, um, yeah, saved by grace alone through faith. Alone, absolutely. But man, there are some things that can help you deepen your relationship to Christ oh, as time. you learn them. Yeah, big time. You yeah. see, there's two stories I want you to tell. The first one is the funny one about when you when you and Alice were invited to the rabbi or the Jewish person's house for a, <laughs> uh, a real Passover and Alice was really excited. But then I'd like you to do the other one with the, with the Jewish woman that came to faith through your ministry and she was troubled by whether or not she should celebrate Yom Kippur. Great stories. Uh, the first one, uh, my wife and I just moved from Atlantic City. I just graduated uh, Bible college and off we go to Chicago, we get an apartment, and there's a family. My wife told me there's a young family live right upstairs from us. Uh, and my wife had already been to Passover demonstrations that I had done. Unlike them, she ended up, she could tell you how many matzo balls she's made through the years, hundreds and hundreds of them, and uh, all the things she's done. But this was back then, 
And here was this young couple. They had two little kids. And so Alice said, we're invited to a real Passover. This is, they're Jewish. They know we're Christian, but they want, they want us to come. Her husband is a lawyer, worked downtown Chicago. So uh, the day comes, Alice is uh, dressed up. I get dressed up. We know we're going upstairs. We had a little girl. We go upstairs. I mean the table, it, Chris, all the, all the elements, everything, the plate, Elijah's cup, first class, everything gorgeous, done. She had been cooking all day. She did the whole search for the, uh, the chametz. Not the... Uh, it's hummus. <laughs> anyway, so she... she not hummus. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you. They're she never going to let me down on that one. She did the whole thing. So he, we sit down. The, everybody's seated around the table. Uh, we, he says the prayer over the first cup of wine, the Kiddush it's called. He said it, and his... I, I can't remember, Alice, if it was the girl or the boy. Which girl? She's shaking her head. <laughs> it was their little daughter crying her eyes out. Then... The boy got crazy, and so the father, after he said the blessing, said, that's it, it's over, let's eat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we go down, we had a lovely meal. Alice said, I still haven't been to a real <laughs> Seder. I the, love that the, story. The second one was a lady came to our Bible study in Atlantic City. Uh, she had just gotten saved. She just came to know the Lord, an, an elderly woman, uh, probably my age now. So she was. She seemed elderly to me. At any rate, she said, I really don't know what to do. Uh, Yom Kippur is coming up, and I fasted my whole life. Every Yom Kippur, I fast. And I realized that I, my sins are forgiven with the Messiah of Israel, Jesus the Christ. She said it that way. Mm-hmm. And she's talking to our whole Bible study, and she said, I just don't know what to do. Um, I, I know I don't have to, but what do I do? And everybody gave her different advice. And so I just said, you know what? Why don't you pray about it? And after that, when we come back to gather for our Bible study, you tell us what the Lord led you to do. And honestly, we didn't know, she didn't know what she was going to do. So the Bible study meets again. It's after Yom Kippur. She raised her hand. She said, I want to report what happened. I pr- really prayed about it. And the Lord told me, or I felt led that I should continue to fast for Yom Kippur, but now I'm going to pray for my family that they might come to know Christ. What a beautiful thing that was. That was awesome. I love that story. I love that story. Because it blends perfectly what I think Jesus and what uh, what the Lord was trying to accomplish through the coming of the Lord, that there's freedom. And in that freedom of honoring Yom Kippur, which is an amazing a time to re- repent, to turn to the Lord, is also, you know, here she is fasting. Instead of going, I'm dumping that, it's over, it's done, I'm moving on. No, she took all of her culture, she took what she knew, she took what she was raised with, and she she redeemed it in Christ. She tweaked mm-hmm. it. She t- <laughs> <laughs> and she, she put her family first in praying for their salvation. I love that, because I think that's where we find the liberty that Paul is talking about Absolutely. in Galatians. 100%. So, all right, yep. so um, I hope that you all are having a great time at the conference. <laughs> I hope that you are are learning a little bit, and maybe for some of you this is a recap, and maybe for some of you this is all brand new. It only is going to keep getting better. Steve, what was it like growing up, uh, you know, in an Orthodox Jewish home? You know, I'm going to be doing Yom Kippur this evening at 8 p.m. What was it like growing up as an or, in an Orthodox Jewish home during Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur is the most solemn, uh, regarded as the most solemn of all the feasts. Uh, Passover is where the family gets together. But you'll find uh, synagogues are usually empty for Shabbat. Today is Shabbat. We're recording at Shabbat. Uh, most synagogues have people come, but it's not too crowded. Uh, on Yom Kippur, uh, it's packed. Yeah. Orthodox synagogues, the parking lot is empty. Although, I got to tell you, some people park way down and then they walk to the synagogue. <laughs> I've, I've met... They, People will deny it. We'll keep it, that on the hush-hush. Well, that's right? a hush-hush. On the down low. Only the people here know, know that. But it's packed because you meet all day. Yeah. All, there's, there's no food bake, breaks. There's no water breaks. Uh, you pray all day. And Yom Kippur is biblically the day that the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies. But the temple's destroyed. And so instead, one of the great rabbis uh, years ago... Uh, after the temple was destroyed, a Talmudic story of a rabbi 
uh, overlooking with his student the, the smoke from the temple. And the student says, Rabbi, our people are, are uh, defeated. They're, they're leaving. We're, we're, we're not around the temple anymore. It's totally destroyed. What are we going to do? How are we going to atone for our sins? And the rabbi said, from now on, we will fast, we will pray, and we will give charity. Uh, very good things, by the way, but also part of what many other isms are, Judaism, Catholicism, Protestantism, Mormonism, any ism you can think of, it's works. It's trying to find a way to merit God's salvation. When, as Dan very well put it, it's by grace we're saved. It, it's, it, we're saved by Christ alone through faith alone in him. Mm. And so... Uh, that's that's Yom Kippur. Yeah, I remember seeing a comedy once on Jewish people going to Yom Kippur, and the place was packed, and they had to buy tickets. That, that's no joke. Yeah. Uh, usually the synagogues aren't built, the sanctuaries aren't built big enough for the amount of membership that they have. Uh, and so they have you have to get first come, first serve. And so you, you have to pay. You, you don't have to pay to go to a Shabbat service, but you've got to pay and reserve a seat. In many, many synagogues. The, the, the comedy was that <laughs> the guy got there. You know, it's Yom Kippur. You should have been repenting for your sins leading up. And he gets there and he sits down and he goes, you're in my seat. <laughs> and he goes, this is my seat. And then they start fighting with one another. You know? Ah, you got to <laughs> love it. You just got to love it. Anyway, all right, that's great. Well, listen, everybody, uh, I, again, I hope you're enjoying yourself at our, uh, at our Seven Feasts co- uh, conference. Um, there's more and more coming. Dan, thank you so much for, for being with us. Hand. Yes, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Steve, uh, there's a lot going on in Israel right now, so we'll transition to the news. But before we do that, actually, just a quick reminder for our listeners on the podcast and listeners here, the Jew and Gentile podcast is sponsored by FOI Equip. You can go to FOI Equip right now, and there you can join our awesome classes. You could be a part of a community of Christians all around the world who are studying the Bible from a Jewish perspective. Isn't that important to study the Bible from a Jewish perspective? I think it's often overlooked, and I think it actually deepens our faith. I think a lot of people often get scared when they hear that, oh, a Jewish perspective. Are you trying to go back to the law? No, we're trying to find out. Remember, Jesus was Jewish. You remember? Jesus is Jewish. Unbelievable. You know, he didn't go to church. Did you know he didn't go to church? Didn't go to church. Didn't celebrate Christmas or Easter? That would be awkward, right? No way. Nope. He did all the feasts of Israel. He was a, it was a Jewish through and through. And so that's why it's very important to be studying the Bible from a Jewish perspective. And to do that, go to foiequip.org. And there you can be a part of our growing list of classes. See if we got some great classes coming up too. We have Jewish cuisine with Paula Korn. I can hardly wait for that, Chris. Like she's making challah. I know. Challah. Not, not challah. <laughs> she's making challah. That's right. It's the real challah. The right? real Sabbath. Bro. The challah. That's, That's right. right. That's right. And so uh, you want to be a part of that. Uh, we just wrapped up. Oh, Steve, the class that we did with Lorna Simcox. Do you all love Israel My Glory magazine? Israel My Glory magazine. I don't know if you know it or not, but Lorna Simcox is the editor-in-chief, and she did a class. You can go online right now at FOI Equip on YouTube, and you can watch a three-part series called The Search. It's actually her testimony, and she takes her testimony as a Jewish believer, how she came to faith, and what she does is she— she uses it as an opportunity to say, if you want to be able to minister to your Jewish friends, uh, let me share some tips, if you you will, ways that you can can minister to your Jewish friends uh, by the experience I had as a Jewish person coming to faith. And so uh, it's a great three-part class. Lorna did a great job, too, Steve. She did, and I want to emphasize again, any of the classes that you've missed, and many of you didn't even know about Equip before you walked in here, and maybe this is the first time somebody's listening— they could go on that webpage and get not just Lorna. They could go all the way back to last year when we first started and get any of the classes right. that we've done. We load them all up there on demand. FOI on demand. We love it. I, boy, it's like Netflix. FOI and on demand. I've never, I never thought those two would go together. They're there. So, uh, well, Steve, why don't we go to the news and what's going on in Israel? Well, Chris, uh, we already talked about Laura Coleman, who's our assistant, our senior admin at Friends of Israel. She... 
found this. I want it's from nocamels.com. I mean, if you have a uh, smartphone, no camels go, means like, you know, no camels. You ever go to Israel before and, and then people come back, did you see camels there, you know? Yeah. Do they have electric in Israel or is it just camels? Uh, this is no camels because they're trying to say, "Hey, Israel's full of technology." That's, That's right. So nocamels.com, the headline is AI device tells you why your baby is crying. Think about that. There's a device. In fact, there's a video on it. I've gotten a chance to see it. Imagine putting a little a little device on your baby. It will track the baby's emotions, what the baby needs, how the baby is feeling, uh, and it will transmit it to you on your smartphone so you know that the baby's hungry or his tummy's or her tummy's upset or whatever it is. It's Chris, I, I, don't had, need four, this I had four kids, and I'm telling you, crying in the middle of the night, what is it? You rock and you stick a bottle in. You're thinking bouncy, bouncy. Now all you have to do, oh, the baby's crying. Let me check my smartphone. <laughs> no, I want the robot to come in and do the bouncy, bouncy, you know, in the middle of the night. I know Israel is advancing in AI technology. That is actually one of the leading, you know, areas. Well, remember in. we did the tank that the, that goes into a, a military difficult situation? No. Nope. It's it's run by, by a kid by kids nineteen years old on their uh, on their on their on their Xboxes. You got to have the right thumb. That's right. It's this kid, this gamer that was on his controller, and they built an Israeli the Israeli army built an Israeli tank so that an Israeli kid who knows how to play video games could drive it around into dangerous areas. And that's what they're doing now. So they're advancing in these areas, especially AI, AI technology, even in driving. You know, you've been hearing about that, um, the driverless cars. Have you been hearing about that? Uh, there's a, a company that was started years ago in Israel called Mobley Eye, I believe. And they are the one of the first companies that started investigating and, and developing uh, driverless technology. So, you know, when you begin to see people just sitting back reading a newspaper while they're driving to work, you know, it's Israel doing Doing all that kind of technology as well. Well, Chris, what would you do with that tech? You, you think of this AI for your kids. Your kids are a little older. They, they tell you now what they want. Yeah. But what would that have done? That would have revolutionized our house. I don't know. I think I'm more like an old school dad. It's just like, I'll let them cry it out. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what my dad did. My dad used to say, I'm not here to entertain you. Oh, yeah, oh. I would yell at them, too. Go oh. back to bed. Chris's daughter, Olive, is yelling at him now during our recording. <laughs> and she's taking bows. That's right. Some, somebody get the security guard in here, please. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, that's me. I don't know if I need this. This is a bit much. I want the one. They also have that SIDS technology, though, where it's protecting the baby's life. That I, that I like, but like knowing uh, your baby has this or that, we've studied the technology or the sound waves, and uh, I don't know if I'm into that. Ladies, That's me. you're here. Many of you have had children. Those of you who have, is this a good thing? Give me a thumbs up or a bad thing. What do you say? Oh, oh man, Chris, a lot of thumbs down. They agree with me, see? Oh, man. Forget the technology. <laughs> they don't want it. That's Let right. Let the kid cry. Let who cry cares? It out. They got to learn. What uh, you got to tough it out. Kids are entitled enough already. I don't need to know what they're crying about when they're infants. That's when they don't talk back to me, you know? I don't need them talking to me more, you know? They're basic that they're giving them a voice before they have a voice. I don't know. I tell you, if, if I was able to find out what they want without being able to talk, I think I'd take but don't you think of they would see? Uh, don't you think they would learn the baby? they go, oh, look at this. He's picking up. I think they're smart. Me? Just stay there and cry it out, buddy. This is life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. All right. Well, there's that, everybody. So if you want to go to nocamels.com, uh, you can find that. And all the websites that we're going to be telling you about are in our show notes that you can go and read it yourself. But, Steve, there's another interesting one about a Chabad uh, rabbi that you sent me um, from Jer that is in Saudi Arabia. Did you, did you send that to me? I did send that to you. That is interesting to me because you and I just did a— He's the rabbi for Saudi Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> He's— Think about that. The rabbi for Saudi Arabia. Yeah, that makes no sense to me because we just there was a picture of the, he's got the long beard and then the dressed in, the um, Saudis are dressed the way Saudis dress. It the contrast was just it was amazing. Yeah, it was funny. But it's what's funny is that the we just did a spot last week about a Israeli journalist who just drove through Mecca. 
drove. Chutzpah. That's yeah. chutzpah. And they found out about and he videotaped himself, and he said, I'm in Mecca, the this, the that, look what's over there. And the whole Saudi country went, and even Israel got very upset at him. Very upset. Because you're, no, no uh, Jews are allowed in Mecca, which I didn't know that. I didn't know. I, yep, it's Jewless. It's <laughs> True, but there, here's the here's the rabbi of Saudi Arabia. Go and, figure, you and, know. And what did the newspaper that he works for or the web people say? They said, "Well, he got a great story. He got a great in." <laughs> that's right, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, uh, that's some interesting stuff. Actually, I would also like to point out too that uh, Joe Biden just did a trip over to the Middle East as well, and um, he cre- and he got COVID when he got back. Yeah, exactly. Um, but he uh, he tried to solidify relationships, uh, you know, with with Israel. But he created a little tension when he went to East Jerusalem because, you know, uh, by going to East Jerusalem, uh, it was kind of saying, is there value uh, in support of the Palestinians? He went to East Jerusalem. They said he went there just for an educational type of thing. But really, when you're going there in East Jerusalem to see the Palestinians, you're saying in some kind of fashion, a political fashion, hey, this is Palestinian you know, land here. Um, and it created some tension because now we have our embassy in Jerusalem for all of Jerusalem, which includes East Jerusalem and West Jerusalem. So I'm just interested in your thoughts as you know you 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 deal with all that. There's a there's a lot of tension between the Biden administration and the previous administration and it really boils down to the Abraham Accords yes. if you're familiar with the Abraham Accords. And the last administration accomplished something that no other democratic or republican Oh, that yeah, yep. clap. It went all the way back to 1995. Uh, it was almost unanimous to move the embassy, but no Republican, no Democrat did it. and They didn't Don- have the chutzpah. That's right, no chutzpah. Donald Trump, that's one thing he's got a lot of. He's got money and he's got chutzpah. Uh, and he did it. And the Biden administration has been reluctant to even mention, even to say the Abraham Abrahamic Accords. And usually different administrations, when something is accomplished, They'll talk about it, but mm-hmm. there's this tension, and you definitely felt it on this this trip. Yep, especially the the fist bump heard round the world, right? That's right. That's the right. fist bump heard round around the world. So uh, it was a very interesting visit, um, and uh, and the big thing is the big takeaway is that we always want to make sure that we're maintaining a good relationship between the United States and Israel as well, and that is very important. And the one thing I do give credit to Biden for is that he stood up against the squad which does not like Israel, is absolutely against Israel. And there he is. He went to Israel to, to shake hands and to meet the interim prime minister. But that all in the face of the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, which just outright will do anything to squash Israel in any way possible. 100%. Uh, we've talked about uh, the political situation. In fact, our last guest, uh, Bassem, talked about how Israel proves that they are democracy, five elections in three years. <laughs> That's right. And he, said, he would mention all the other uh, countries where one person with no election rules for 30 years. That's right, all throughout the Middle East, exactly. I, I wonder if Israelis are getting tired of democracy. With <laughs> they might be. elections might in three be. and a half years. All right, well, uh, that's what's going on in the news. But now, everybody, it is, it is time for the... Here we go. That's right. It's the Yiddish word of the day, everybody. The We're Yiddish getting word ready of the day. for the Yiddish word of the day, and it is something we've been doing since last night, and we'll continue through Sunday, Chris. That's right. It is kibitz. 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 Can you all say kibitz? Kibitz. Kibitz is talking. <laughs> Lots of talking. I kibitz with this person, and I. Oh, I've kibitz- been kibitzing all day. Weekend. That's all we do is kibitz. That's what we've been doing for the last 50 minutes. I live to kibitz. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we get paid to kibitz. I know. I love that. That's great. You know, the Bible has some things to say about talking, communication. Uh, I, just a few verses here. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Oh, boy, Chris. Big time. We're, we're a sinner. We broke Psalm 4. We've broken already. Yep. We just shoot our mouth, mouth off, and then we think, <laughs> what did I just say? Yep. I can't believe what I just said. Hold on, Steve. Oy, vase mirror. There you go. <laughs> uh, Psalm 49, verse 3 says, My mouth shall speak of wisdom. 
and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. The fear of the Lord, Proverbs 8.13, is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way, and the froward mouth do I hate. Froward. Froward. I never heard that before. Look, look, there it is. This is the King Froward. James. This is the King James. Yeah. It, it's no good. I can tell yeah. you that. Froward does not sound it good. It doesn't sound good yeah. to me. Uh, and let me give you another one. From the New Testament, James 1.19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak. <laughs> is this you? <laughs> or is this God still working uh, on you? <laughs> he's still working on me. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. The Bible has a lot to say about kibitzing. Yeah, a lot about talking and the way that we talk. You know, my mind goes to Philippians at the very end in chapter 4 where it talks about that all our mind should be set on the things that are pure and good. And that's not just oh, what's on our mind, but what comes out of our mouths. I always, you know, talk to uh, our family about the idea of what comes out of our mouth is what's going on in here and what's going on from here to here. And it comes out here and that the tongue can be the most powerful. It's what the Bible says. It's the most powerful muscle in the body because it's able to lift people up and it's able to crush people at the same time. And so kibitz can be a good thing. I love kibitz. I love it. Love to kibitz. Yeah. But at the same time, it can also be something that we need to guard as God was saying, guard the way that you're speaking to one another building one another up well chris i know that our people here who are live audience i know i'm the mc during this time and i have to call them back for the sessions and they're just having too much fun kibitzing fellowshipping (laughs) they're enjoying one another and that's what this conference is about as well well let's drop two more yiddish words then because the reason they're kid they're kibitzing but they're also noshing they are noshing that's right they're eating snacking and we in fact we gave them a few snacks how was the bombas anybody Okay, they like the bomba. There you go. Good. I like the bomba. That they schmoozing. They are schmoozing. Schmoozing is when you uh, talk to each other and shoot the breeze with one another. That's right. So they're noshing. They're schmoozing. They're kibitzing. And anything else? I'm trying to think. Have you used? Well, I saw a few go schluffy right (laughs) (laughs) while we were speaking. Putting them right to sleep. I'm trying to tell them to go schluffy when they go home, but there is one guy going just like this. I'm not kidding. He's not here right now, is he? He's not here. I don't know, but he was out. (laughs) Well, everybody, thank you so much for being a part of our very first live studio audience of the Jew and Gentile podcast. I hope that you take the time to go and to visit foiequip.org to be a part of our growing community of Christians all around the world who are studying the Bible from a Jewish perspective. We value you so much. Thanks for being with us. And hey, if you're listening and you want to be a part of a live studio audience, then guess what? You got to come to a conference. It's as easy as that. Come to our Winona Lake conference and you can be a part of another live studio audience. Lancaster. Lancaster's coming up. That's right. You could do that as well. So we hope to see you live. Let us know you're listening to the Jew and Gentile podcast by going to foi equip.org. God bless everybody. We'll see you next week.